Open your cerebral cortex and shift your lobes into upper beta phase because you are going to have Bitcoin knowledge transmitted directly into your vestibulocochlear. Your host at Bitcoin Knowledge is Trace Mayer, an early Bitcoin advocate since it cost a quarter, but this is not intended to be investment advice. A doctor of jurisprudence, but this is definitely not legal advice. And an investor in core cryptocurrency infrastructure, including Armory, BitPay, Kraken, and Mitagio, but this is not a recommendation of those services. Here, you get fed via direct mind download with pure and free Bitcoin knowledge. Three, two, hit it! It's time once again for Double Down with Max Kaiser and Stacey Herbert here on Sputnik Radio. Bing, ding, 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 ding. Okay, now later on in the show, we're talking to one of the pillars of the Bitcoin community, Chase Mayer. But first, Stacey, let's just uh, talk a little bit about this theme of how cryptocurrencies, in particular Bitcoin, of course, is now really starting to... Uh, enter into the main arena of global finance, hedge funds, money managers, governments. They're talking about this thing. What's it all about? And here at Freedom Fest uh, in Las Vegas, it's still uh, on the margins, I would say. But uh, I, w- I predict by next year, there's going to be a breakout session on Bitcoin and there'll be a main speaker about Bitcoin. And Ayn Rand will get the, the swift kick to the butt that she deserves as being mm, just kind of a poseur compared with the dynamism and power of the blockchain. Now, to people listening out there to this podcast, Double Down with me, Stacey Herbert and Max Kaiser, we are at Freedom Fest in Las Vegas. We're in a big open hall. You'll hear some echoes. You'll hear people walking by. There's a lot of dogs here for some reason. I don't know what that is about. So just so you know what the background noise are, some of them are quite, there's a lot of politicians here, actually, some senators and Congress people walking past. But I wanted to talk about this whole Bitcoin story again. Like this is this is the biggest theme, even in the financial news, because Goldman Sachs came out in the past week. One of the biggest banks in the world. It's now a bank. It used to just be an investment bank until they went bust, and then the government bailed them out, and they had to become a bank in order to be bailed out. But that's another story. But they're they're saying yes, uh, Bitcoin's going to five thousand. Then there was that professor, the father of valuation at New York NYU Stern School of Business, and he is Aswath Datterman. And he said, like, he's very famous as being the father of valuation, of understanding how to value something. And he says all these naysayers about Bitcoin, all these uh, mainstream sorts who say Bitcoin is a hoax or a scam, he said, uh, this is the new gold. He actually said for millennials and for young people and for a whole different generation of online denizens, like, this is as good as gold. They are not going to gold. You know, people typically went into gold when they distrusted their government or their central banks or who was in control of the money supply. And they still have that nowadays. People have those that same lack of faith, but instead the young generation or their, you know, the online people... They are going into Bitcoin instead. They don't buy gold anymore. They buy Bitcoin. And this has impacted the flow of funds into gold. 
Yeah, I think people are making that connection now and saying, you know, gold's been more abundant, hasn't been trading that well in part because this new generation, this millennial generation, is looking at Bitcoin as a store of value, and they're looking at Bitcoin the way folks had looked at gold before, and so they're losing a whole generation. One of my missions the next year is going to be to convert as many gold bugs to Bitcoin as possible because we, we've been straddling this market for a couple of years. You know, gold, silver, Bitcoin, that's what we've been saying that for a number of years. Now it's time, I think, we have enough momentum to really put the hammer down and get guys like Peter Schiff or Jim Rickards to abandon their their faulty arguments and their and and their old dogmatic ways and accept the new the new the new paradigm the new reality and we've got the the arguments for it we've got the tools for it and we rely on the expertise the knowledge and the legacy and and the genius of folks that are really the pillars of the Bitcoin community so let's bring in Trace Mayer Trace is. Uh, uh, as I said, he's one of the um, early adopters, I guess you could say, early investors. And um, he's he's known for a couple of pithy sayings like, would you hire Bitcoin? I believe is one of the one, something he coined. But Trace, welcome to uh, Double Down. Yeah, great to be here, Max. Great to be here again. I, you know, I think we had a great interview last time where we talked about kind of the geopolitics of Bitcoin. And it's playing out just like we discussed. So, yeah, let me follow up on that because we talked about at that time, and of course, and whenever we do meet, you know, and folks like yourself that are really instrumental in the in the foundation of the whole awareness of Bitcoin, the price moves up pretty dramatically. And when you have a big price move, like we've seen, the market capitalization goes up much higher, and suddenly you have more tools to work with. Like, uh, if it's a forty billion, sixty billion, eighty billion dollar market, you now have the wherewithal to do big things, and we had talked about the possibility of governments bringing on Bitcoin, uh, particular in Russia. What did you think, Trace, when you saw Vitalik Biderik of Ethereum in a closed door, if I'm saying his name correctly, I'm, I'm sorry I mispronounced it, but I mispronounced everyone's name, um, uh, in a closed door meeting with Vladimir Putin in Moscow, what ran through your mind, Trace? Well, they've been having high-level discussions about blockchain stuff, not just Ethereum, but about Bitcoin specifically for years, actually. I know Vitalik. In fact, I helped fund his original venture with Bitcoin Magazine. I'm a, I greatly respect his intellect. And it's, you know, we, when we did the show last time and talked about this geopolitics, the issue was whether Russia was going to ban Bitcoin or try to do it. And now they're actively looking at legislating it and rebuilding their entire financial system around this blockchain technology because they've got a burning platform and they need to build a new ship. And, hey, why not build it with the new spiffy technology? Yeah, okay. Let's just keep on this theme because it's really something that is going to dramatically change how people see uh, Bitcoin going forward. And um, are there uh, – Japan is another country that is becoming very active in accepting and legalizing and merchants accepting Bitcoin. Um, it, this is another big piece of the geopolitical puzzle, Trace. Before we go, turn to Trace about this, I want to ask, you know, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Because there is the cypherpunk sort of movement within Bitcoin and they don't think states should be involved and, and keep them off the blockchain and blah, blah, blah. So tying all this together about Russia, Japan and nations getting involved in blockchains and Ethereum and Bitcoin. Is this a good thing or bad thing? You're an investor in the whole space. Are you happy or, or what with that? Uh, we're all on this planet together <laughs> for the most part until General Mattis is after you. <laughs> and then you're not anymore. In fact, that's why all these dogs are around because uh, uh, an Islamic terrorist cracked a, a gas pipeline at the SLS. 
and what was was what's, in, what's the SLS? It's a major hotel here in Vegas, and he cracked the gas pipeline, and they they set up a sting, and he was coming back to bring a bunch of explosives, so he was going to blow up. Literally, this was like a couple of days ago. He was going to blow up the lower half of the strip, uh, so that's why we have all these bomb sniffing dogs around uh, right now. So uh, we should be grateful for every day we have on Earth. Uh, we're all on this planet together. When we're talking about this. You know, sure, the cypherpunks were here early in Bitcoin. It came out of that entire movement. They're not trying to exclude anybody from the blockchain. The blockchain is free. It's open source software. Anybody can review the code. In fact, it's the opposite of being able to exclude people. Anybody can interact with the blockchain. That's, in fact, what drives a lot of these regulators and control freaks just absolutely crazy is that they can't control things in that sense. And now we're going to have huge upgrades, things like segregated witness, Merkleized abstract syntax trees, Schnorr signatures, Lightning Network, Mimblewimble, Tumblebit. It's the, the degree of financial innovation that's coming down the pipeline over the next couple of years will knock your socks off. It's knocking my socks off. I mean, I've been in this for eight years. I'm doing it from a profit motive, and I can't keep up with it. And I'm fairly smart. I mean, think about if you're a bureaucrat working a 40-hour-a-week job. You're not financially incentivized. How, how do you, how do you keep track? Like, how, how do you even stay up to date when you've got literally the polymaths shaking the world with the greatest technology? And this time around, it's not the industrial age where we use the tools to multiply the power of our muscles. We're in the information age where you use the tools to multiply the power of your minds. Imagine if Isaac Newton, who invented the gold standard, or Emanuel Swedenborg, who was head of mining in Sweden, big proponent of gold and silver, or Copernicus, who wrote inter, uh, treatises on interest rates. Imagine if these geniuses like Leonardo da Vinci had GitHub and HTTP and the communications technology that we have today. Well, guess what? That's what they have today. And they're freaking, they're shaking the world and they're going to lift humanity. Just like those polymaths lifted humanity. I mean, think about it. A couple hundred years ago, the average wage for somebody in the Americas was $1.50 a day. That's extreme poverty by today's standards. Now we're making 65000 We're going to see another major golden renaissance because at the end of the day, why would anybody want to use a Yellen coin or a Draghi coin, which is not limited in amount? The, the, sources, the, the, the source code is closed source. You can't review it. You can, not everybody can interact with it. It's not extensible. It's, I mean, it's just... It's just obsolete technology. Like, why would anybody want to use that when they could use this? And so it's all of this strikes at the heart of your question with geopolitics because what drives so much of our geopolitics is actually technology. It's inventions, things like the printing press or even something as small as the stirrup. You know, when the when the stirrup got invented, that that enabled knights with armor to be on tops of horses. It changed the the battlefields. Then we had the invention of the longbow, which made knights obsolete. So, you know, it's the technology and gunpowder and stuff like this that really changes the map of the world. And guess what? Asymmetric cryptography, invented in the middle 70s, that's completely changed the landscape because it gave rise to the Internet. And now the greatest application of asymmetric cryptography is this cryptocurrency. And it's, it's on like Donkey Kong now. <laughs> well, yes, it's on like Donkey Kong. You've heard it here first. Now, uh, to give uh, some more uh, background on that his history uh, lesson, so uh, back in the period of the printing press, the Gutenberg press, it was really the demise of the information cartel that was the Catholic Church. Uh, you know, I made a comment recently that Martin Luther hard forked Catholicism, essentially, you know, and we have the rise of Protestantism and other, and other variants. But is this 
possibly what we're seeing here, the destruction of the nation state as we know that concept to exist. I don't know that we'll see the complete destruction of the nation state, just like we haven't seen the complete destruction of the Catholic Church. But the role that the Catholic Church plays in society has been greatly restricted uh, and, and just isn't as large as it used to be. How this impacts the nation states is that at the end of the day, their business model is premised upon their ability to exert force and extract resources through extortion. Well, guess what asymmetric cryptography does? It changes that entire equation because you can't solve a math problem with violence. And so the people are now able to secure protection for free, basically, and yet it's a huge force multiplier against people who are attempting to extort from them. And assets are increasingly not in the physical realm anymore. The, the assets aren't the coal mine. They're not the, the railroad. The assets are the, the hardware that's running on the I, the software that's running on the iPhone. Or, uh, and that's why Google and Facebook are paying effective tax rates of like 1% and 2% because they can take advantage of all this jurisdictional arbitrage for tax reasons and whatnot. And we're just going to see that increase because guess what? You can, you can now acquire protection a lot cheaper, and it protects you against extortioners. So that means labor unions and governments and nation states and all of this. So it's technology that's driving all of this, and it's going to drastically reduce the scope of the state because the state's business model is not equipped for this type of an environment. Let's narrow that down a little bit, Max's question about the nation state. How about the central banks and the banks as we know them? The central banks are part, a cartel of the, the all the big banks. So what will cryptocurrencies do to them, and what do you think about that? Well, yeah, I mean, it goes back to GATA's work, the Gold Antitrust Action Committee, the, and they pretty much cracked the case about the gold price suppression scheme. Why? Because the price of a portfolio asset is irrelevant compared to your ability to issue what we use as currency. And so, yeah, these central banks, which issue effectively the common stocks of these nations, they're, I mean, why do you want to buy their common stock? They, they got a bad business model. Like, the ROI is hugely negative. Look at Iraq and Afghanistan, and, like, it, it's just not there anymore. Like, so why invest in it? And so if you're a holder of capital, why do you want to have your assets subject to these crazy people in Venezuela or Zimbabwe or the United States or wherever this type of insane monetary policy is happening? And, you know, when we, when we have changes in the tectonic plates... Meaning in the technology, it change, you know, everything else has to adapt, whether it's oceans, which are like currency markets, whether it's gigantic oil tankers that are like ExxonMobil or Chevron or Walmart or whatever. And, you know, you get earthquakes, you get tsunamis, you get all types of stuff. But, you know, the, the root cause is down deep, you know, with the te technological change. And then you get all this craziness at the top. And so what you want to be is you want to be in something like gold, silver, Bitcoin, equity-based, because what we're seeing is we're going to see the collapse and disintegration and evaporation of a fiat monetary fractional reserve system and a shift to an equity-based, full reserve, smart contract, atomic swap, the opposite, basically, of all of it. I mean, and it's going to happen fast. It's going to happen like an iceberg that just like flips and you're either on the right side of it or you're not all right well uh trace mayor thanks so much that's going to do it for this episode of double down with max kaiser and stacy herbert you can find trace mayor on social media and all other places around the internet just type in trace mayor because he's the freaking dude he's the man 
<laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Thanks, Max. Greatest compliment ever. Until next time, Max Kaiser and Stacey Herbert saying bye, y'all. of the free Bitcoin guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise spam the interwebs. Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate. 